Hey kids, you are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and this show is Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo. Today is Tuesday, July 11, 2017. I'm another year older and here I am again bringing you the show. Woohoo! Oh yeah, we have a lot of show for you today. But first we want to get you into the mood. The languid, sensuous, sinuous summer mood. You know, I'm born in one of the hot months, right? And my Caribbean DNA leaves me genetically predisposed to lying semi-dressed under a palm tree, dipping my toes in turquoise waters and sipping on a nice rum punch. And I want to get you guys in the mood with this song. So get into the summer mood with this song from war in 1976. And we'll be right
Yes, summertime is here, and we're back on Radio Free Brooklyn with Fish Out of Agua. Once again, that was a song called Summer by the band War, which was actually released on the first day of summer in 1976. That was the bicentennial for the U.S. Oh my God, I remember it. Wow, that was a long time ago. Ah! <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about that anymore, are we? Um, so we are going to get right to our favorite part of the show, which is the Fish Out of Agua Guest Artist of the Week. And we're going to start with the song that she handpicked for this episode. I'm not sure if it's a summer song, but it's called El Scorcho, and it's by the band Weezer from their Pinkerton album in 1996. And they do talk about a redhead shredding a cello, so... Here we are.
Hey, everybody, and now it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for Fish Out of Agua's Guest Artist of the Week. Woohoo! So, anyway, please um, welcome to Fish Out of Agua the amazing, the awesome, and here's more alliteration Angel Yao. Hi, everyone. It's Angel. Yeah, I know. And everybody, when, when she came in, everybody was saying, is that really your name? <laughs> I get that a lot. Do you? Yes, yeah, like people want to sing the Beatles song yeah. to me. Like, um. g- you know, <laughs> give me money if you want to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what up, Angel? I mean, we, we've been trying to get you down here for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. and there's this like MTA fails and sick bosses yeah. and... Yeah. All kinds yeah, of stuff. This week I got here early. It yeah. was great. Nothing happened. <laughs> so what we want to know is, how did you become Angel? Mm-hmm. And by <laughs> what I mean is, how how did you become this like YouTube video VHS storyteller <laughs> human that you mm-hmm. are today? A- yeah. Improv. Yeah. I mean, you do so much yeah. stuff. I don't Everything. even know where. I don't <laughs> even know where to begin. All right. So mm-hmm. I guess I should let you talk. Okay. So um. Um. So let's see. I was born in Queens. Yeah, native New, New Yorker. York. <laughs> um, I lived in Woodhaven, Queens for a little bit, and then we moved to Howard Beach, Queens, and that was most of my childhood. Um, and Howard Beach, Queens is it's a weird neighborhood. It's not like a typical New York City <laughs> neighborhood. I well, would say. <laughs> uh, to be clear, because we have some listeners that are not from the United States, yeah. Howard Beach is a neighborhood that I guess w- you could say has a checkered past, mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. because of racism. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics. <laughs> yeah, if you if, pe- <laughs> if people want to Google it, they can. But yes. that neighborhood has uh, historically yeah. had. Incidents yeah. happening. And no. I'm Chinese, so it's I don't know why my parents chose that neighborhood <laughs> at all. I think, yeah, I think they just wanted to live in Queens. Um, and so my parent, my dad came to New York when he was young, when he was like 19. Um, and I think he, you know, there were like Chinatowns back then. I think it was in the 70s. So there were like Chinese concentrated um towns in new york city yeah like chinatown yeah (laughs) like the chinatown manhattan there's a chinatown in flushing yeah but i think my dad just wanted to be kind of he's kind of a loner so he likes to be by himself and just keep to himself Hmm. so i feel like that might have something to do with why he chose chose did you ever ask him (laughs) kind of i think I, i mean at that time you know everything's new there's no maybe all the neighborhoods are bad so anywhere and Queens might be yeah. fine, you know, like all of Brooklyn. <laughs> I, um, I can relate to that because when I grew up, I was my family was the first Puerto Rican family to ever mm. live in our building, and mm-hmm. it was an Italian and Irish neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't money; it was like totally working right. class. Like no one's yeah. dad wore a suit to work, and yeah. people got beat up all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I don't know. The, I guess the parents wanted us to grow up with white people. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because um, I would say, like, growing up, I was definitely also a loner, and I was definitely, like, shy. And because I think my parents didn't really have, like, family or friends, um, as so we didn't, and we weren't, like, friendly with neighbors. You know, we were all, like, kept to so ourselves. You guys, oh, so, so, so you guys were just not friendly. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I mean, it, we did. I remember visiting some, like, distant, you know, yeah. not blood-related yeah. Um but um, I definitely didn't have, like, a childhood friend growing up or anything like that. Um, so because of that, I think I definitely grew up just being fine by myself, and maybe that helped with my imagination of, you know, just 
be uncomfortable. Right. No, I get it. Myself. You have to entertain yourself. Now, yeah. and, you, and you grew up totally bilingual, correct? Yeah. So um, I started, yeah, I spoke Chinese maybe for the first five years of my life, I think, because my, yeah, my parents, um, they knew some English, but they definitely wanted me to know Chinese as I'm growing up. Because there's definitely a lot of, of friends that they have where they didn't, um, teach their children Chinese or they didn't really feel the need to um, so they pushed them to learn English and then because of that they couldn't communicate with their parents and my parents did not want that at all. So let me ask you this question is mm -hmm. there a, a social stigma for um, children of Chinese parents who do not grow up speaking Chinese and the, uh, from the people that who grew, who teach their children to be totally bilingual, because there is in Latin culture, mm -hmm. because my parents didn't want my brother and me to um, to have struggles with, because there was no bi. When they went to school in the forties and fifties, right. so there's no bilingual education. Mm -hmm. There's no ESL. There's no mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, you come here from this country. You're seven, eight, nine years old, and they mm -hmm. just throw you in, and that's it. Right, you go yeah. like, that's it. You just like figure it out or die, yeah, basically. Yeah. So when, when my parents got married, they decided they were going to only teach us English, and they named us Michelle and, right. Ke Michelle and Kevin, <laughs> like, the most, like the most American <laughs> names ever, you know? So, yeah. um, but there was, this, there was a backlash from some of my relatives mm -hmm. because it's like, well, you know what your problem is, you know, Lucy? You brought up your kids to be white. Like what the mm -hmm. hell does what is yeah, that what does that mean? Because yeah. because we, because we, we, we and like I ended up learning Spanish, my brother didn't, but there was that stigma. Right. So I'm just wondering, is there a s relatively similar thing in Chinese culture? Yeah, I think yeah, because um, so what uh, like the terms that I know um, are like Twinkies, like white on the inside, yellow on the outside. Oh the term. my god. Um, and then, uh, and then just uh, ABC, which is American Born Chinese. So there's like there's another ABC <laughs> person. I and then there's a term in Cantonese um, called joksing. Joksing. I don't really know what it translates to. Is it something bad? Joksing. I feel like you know, like uh, Chinese language is very tonal, mm. so it could mean catch a star, but I don't know in that translation. Um, but that that is definitely a term that's well, thrown around for anyone that's born in America. That's you know like so an American. When so you, I've seen videos of yours from mm -hmm. you were a child, and you mm -hmm. were always creating things and always dancing mm -hmm. around and always filming <laughs> yeah. yourself. Like since you were like really really young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I loved. I guess one of the things that is part of my art too is I loved like capturing everything. Um, like just any memory. Um, so yeah, when I was younger, I wanted to videotape everything and write down everything. I think it's a fear of losing my memory. Mm. Definitely, a fear. definitely. And I, I enjoy reminiscing. So like even when I was little, I would reminisce about a year, like when I was five, <laughs> and I just enjoy that memory type of feeling. Um, because I know that it's special to remember things. I yeah, guess. <laughs> definitely. Because yeah. because it shapes you and it, and it, and it, and it's yeah. who you who you become yeah. and how you measure who you used to be. Yeah. So it seems that you've been video recording and doing some sort of storytelling since you were a small kid. How did that translate from when you were like in high school and like mm -hmm. did you go to art school? Did you go to an art college? Um, so funnily, um, well, yeah. So in New York City education is weird. I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. So. 
even in junior high school, which is seventh and eighth grade, you have to choose your middle school. Mm-hmm. So for seventh, eighth grade, um, I was in the art gifted class. Oh, cool! So I did art. It was just general art. Wow. Um, but then Queens, who knew? Yeah, I know. It was still like a bad neighborhood. Not like the Bronx. Like a local the school. Bronx, we had nothing. We, we had graffiti. Nothing. <laughs> um, and then in high school. School. I try, and you know as in high school was like getting into college like there's so many like the specialized high schools and things like that um so I auditioned for all the art high school like LaGuardia and um, art and design and FIT I think all of those yeah art yeah A&D yeah. yeah and um so I applied all that for art so it was like drawing and painting kind of art and I got into all of them and LaGuardia was just That's- <laughs> I was like Boy, you're a high-achieving kid. Oh, my God. But my parents didn't want me to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I bet, you, I bet you they wanted you to go to high school, Bronx High School of Science or uh, Stuyvesant. Yeah, and I didn't get in with those because I wasn't Oh, my smart. God. I had the opposite thing. I, I didn't get into A&D because I missed the test because mm. I had the mumps. Mm. And I got into high school of science. Yeah. And my father was like, that's where you're going. And I'm like, no. And he's like, what do you mean no? And I'm like, no, I don't. I want to do art. I don't want to be with nerdy mm-hmm. doof- doofuses. <laughs> what kind of, was it? Bronx High School of Science is the one I made. Yeah. But what art were you applying for? Uh, I wanted to be in at the High School of Art and Design. I want, oh, I don't was know. I, like I was drawing? writing, yeah, yeah, cartoonist. I wanted mm-hmm. to be a cartoonist mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, a graffiti cartoonist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because for LaGuardia, I applied for all, like, I applied for art and then vocal and drama and dance which like i i did dance you know when you were little but i was not a dance person and then drama i did not do drama at all um but i missed those two auditions and then my art one was combined with my vocal audition and guess what like i sang like i'm a bad singer but guess what i sang for the what audition. i cannot guess oh my god i sang a shania twain song you did yeah. From this moment on, and, it's and, like a slower and, and what was the result of that audition? That <laughs> it was just it was bad. I'm, not a, I'm not like a musician at all. Oh my! Oh, um, so you were singing an acapella? Yeah, oh. acapella, oh probably my. really off tune. Um, I remember uh, we had to like uh, we had a ruler and we had to bang out a rhythm. Really? I don't. I was just probably oh just banging on <laughs> the table. Because um, I secretly wanted to be, the, you know, performing arts. Yeah, um, like fame. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I was quiet and everything. So I secretly wanted to do that, but I definitely did not have any talent to do that. Like, I couldn't act and I couldn't sing. <laughs> but, but you were determined to do but, but nevertheless, you persisted. Yeah. Like, I think high school was definitely where this, you know, like, I knew I wanted to do that. And, you know, when I was younger, as you were saying, I was dancing a lot. Yeah. Just having, like, just being entertaining. Um, so, so yeah, I didn't get, or I didn't get to go to LaGuardia for arts. Um, I went to Townsend Harris High School, which is also like a specialized high Mm. school, but it was more humanities. That was the specialized, um, and it was a smaller school and it was in Queens as well. Um, so I, so high school was hard for me (laughs) because, because it was, a since it was a smart high school, I felt definitely out of place. I think in in elementary school and junior high school, once I went over to learning the English thing, um, I was kind of like the smart kid, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I stood out from everyone else. But then once in high school, everyone was smart, mm. and so I so I felt like 
I was definitely lower. And then, you know, I couldn't find my, I didn't know what my voice was, so I didn't feel like I didn't have, like, a talent to hold on to. Right. Um, so I just felt like I was a failure <laughs> throughout high school. And, 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 like, the cultural stereotype is, like, you're supposed to be, like, a math and science whiz. Right, yeah. You know, and, like, mine was, like, I was supposed to be good at nothing. <laughs> yeah, <that is. laughs> yeah, so um, I was definitely not doing well in school at all. And this was the... So many artists. <laughs> That's yeah, how you know I you're an artist. Maybe. <laughs> when you have um, no use for school. But that was definitely where I started lying to my parents, or not even telling them anything. Like, I didn't show, I probably didn't show one real report card. Really? How did you get away from, with that I for four fake, years? I made fake report Me- <laughs> That's, do you still have any of those? I don't know. That would be there, a there's, a show called, there's a show called Mortified, and you can yeah, get on yeah. there and tell a whole story about that. Yeah, I've well, anyway, been on. All right, so like, oh, my God. All right, let's not talk about booking you on shows. Uh, um, um, so what, what about um, college? Did you go to an art mm. college? Yeah, so then... Um, once choosing a college came about, I think I wanted to do, I didn't want to go straight arts because I knew that was not what my parents wanted. And I, and at that point, I'm like, you know, I, I do want to do something practical maybe. Um, and I think my parents wanted me to be more of like an education major, which is fair, like just to become a teacher, which I'm like fine with. Um, but then I met in the middle, and I was like a communi- communications mm. major. So I chose, I thought that was a good general whatever <laughs> major. Like I could, that could go into the arts, that could go into teaching. Did you go to college um, in Queens? No, it was upstate New York. I went to Ithaca College. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, that's not like a SUNY, like a state college? No, it's a private college. Oh, wow. It's very expensive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I went to School of Visual Arts. That's all I know. No, that's probably, yeah. I should have probably went to like a SUNY. <laughs> but I wanted the main thing of college was I wanted to get away from my parents. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 everybody, everybody can yeah. relate to that. Yeah. So, but did you still continue to like do art, art stuff when so, you were there? So, um, when I got in, my major was it was a weird, made-up communications major. It was called organizational communications design, learning and design. That was the title of the major. Ooh, okay. Because I, I remember asking um, the missions, going like, oh, I want to be creative, but I don't want to, I don't know yet. Um, so what's a good general um, major? And that's what they, and I think it, it was a noon major, so that's what they were pushing oh. me into. And the major turned out to be more about, like, manage, like, learning how to manage a company or like it was just like oh. about communication wow well which i yeah. guess i guess though it's it's useful when you're producing shows and you well, need yeah. to have those kind of skills but it was definitely wasn't what i wanted and then um freshman year i met some friends who were like writing majors and then i met some friends who were film majors oh. and i definitely i was like I, why am i doing this i'm you know my parents i'm not paying <laughs> my parents are paying money for it i should probably just do what i like for four years, because four years is a long time. Um, so then sophomore year, I transferred to a film major. So I was like in film production. So that must have changed your life, basically. Yeah. Your outlook on stuff, right? Yeah, because I, I, I still lied to my parents. <laughs> I didn't tell them I switched majors. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Do they know now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like t- a- 20 years later. <laughs> no, they, they, I think eventually I told them. <laughs> but it was uh, I was a film production major and a creative writing minor. Wow! So it was like exactly what I wanted. 
Um, but I was still taking some OCLD classes, so organizational yeah. <laughs> learning and communication. So I want to know from all that background, what made you decide that you wanted to be a performer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the main thing that happened um, last year of high school, I think when I was senior year, um, two, two things I would say. One of them was... Uh, uh, lot, uh, what is it called? <laughs> um, like blogging mm-hmm. is popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like public diaries are yeah. popular. Yeah, we're talking about the 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that definitely helped me with, because I, because with that I found my humor and then I had like, um, you know, like people from high school we were all connected so they were reading what I'm writing and a lot of times it's just complaining about my life right? yeah of course that's what that's, so, a, that, that's all that all yeah. people did in the 90s yeah all, so. you, all, the, gen, all the gen x the young <laughs> yeah. the young end of gen x yeah um so that because I was still pretty quiet and shy the ex-lennial <laughs> that's what so I that's yeah, what I, yeah <laughs> I saw that today that there's like a new there's a new thing it's like exennial or something mm-hmm. and it's people born between uh, 1977 and mm-hmm. 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 85. So. Yeah, so, ex- <laughs> ex- so, you're not, so it's an ex-any. Like, what, you know, I don't understand why media has more and more terminology yeah, so to just keep the, to, to keep dividing us and, yeah, and putting us yeah. in, into little, like, corners yeah. when we're all just freaking people. Anyway, yeah. that's for another show. So, <laughs> um, when was the first time you performed? So then, um, so senior year also, I... Um, there was a program at the Whitney Museum. Oh, okay. Um, it's called Youth Insights. Mm-hmm. And so they take high school students, generally junior um, and seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we meet like twice a week. And it's um, it teaches us how to be tour guides. Oh. For, so we would do like... That's work- cool. Yeah, it's, it's a really good program. I think it's still there now. But um, it's just uh, they would select a group of us. And we get paid, you know, not much because we're high schoolers. Um, but we would learn how to be tour guides to other, our peers and also to families. Those were the main like audience. Oh, good. Um, and then at the end of the year, it's just like a year program. Um, at the end of the year, there's a talent show. And Whoa. so, so um, at this point, I think the museum helped me get, like, find my voice, help me find my voice and help me get out of my shell because I, I really connected with all the high school students that I met in this program. And we had to do like tour, you know, like give tour um, tours to people. So that helped me with my like speech and everything. Um, and then so for the talent show, I was like, I want to do something creative, but I don't know what, you know, I didn't, like I was just having trouble figuring out what to do. And that's a, like throughout my childhood and high school, I didn't know what my talent was. So then I thought it would be funny if I did stand-up, quote-unquote, because that is very unexpected. So who, so, so who, who, who were influences on you that you, people, who were people that you mm-hmm. thought were funny back then mm-hmm. that made you think, well, maybe I can do this right. too? I think um, it was, it's very specific. It wasn't really a person, but it was um, SNL monologues. Oh, okay. So like whenever the celebrities do their monologues up top. Right, like whoever was the host. Yeah, so that section I felt, because it's not quite stand-up what they're doing. Right. It's more like a one-person monologue. And they're yeah. always like, you know, doing 
a gimmick or something and there's, there's out a story, of the blue. There's a story <laughs> in there. There were jokes in there. Yeah. It's just a, like a piece. Right, but it's, it's not like jokes, jokes, jokes. Right, and it's not like story, yeah. story, story. Right, yeah. So I, I took that, because I, I guess my style was then very anti-comedy kind of style, so mm-hmm. like more like Kaufman kind of like, oh, this is unexpected. Where is this going? Like, that is my inspiration. Um, so the one... This is, yeah, this is so random. <laughs> so you but, like the absurd stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there went two. She does, trust me. <laughs> two, mono, two celebrity monologues that influenced me, which is, again, really random and, like, weird. But um, there was a monologue by Ashton Kutcher where he was in his underwear, and he had, like, an inner monologue kind of thing where he was, like, I'm in my underwear <laughs> on stage. Um, that influenced me. And then um, there's a monologue by Renelle Stabler. Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. I think this was when Bridget Jones' diary just happened. Oh, okay. So she was reading from her quote-unquote diary, um, but it was just, you know, not a real diary. It was just jokes. So for my talent show, I had an inner monologue (laughs) that I, like, recorded. Wow. um, And I told, I read from my diary, which were just, like, Joke entries. Wow, so that movie came out like 20 <laughs> years ago. Oh my yeah. God. Crazy. <laughs> Nobody gets any younger, Angel. Yeah. Oh my God. So, wow. That, so that that's, was my first performance. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> so, okay, so when was, the, what, when was the next time that you performed as an adult? Mm. I guess in college. Um, so, once I got into college, I knew I wanted to pursue like the comedy thing. Mm-hmm. So, that talent show went like, so well like because no one expected me to do that and they were so surprised by my creativity with the inner monologue with you know just recording myself um and all my friends were so supportive you know like i made um pretty close friends in like by a senior year of high school so everyone was supportive so i was like okay i i think i could i i think i could find a way to do stand-up without really doing stand-up, I guess was my, <laughs> my thought. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so um, I would, I guess probably sophomore year of college was when when I started doing another, like an actual performance. Set. So so you, did you start, were you, you were here in New York, were you here in New York or were you in Ithaca? It, it's upstate, yeah. Okay, just so in, did in you go college. like to clubs? Did you do open mics? No, it or? was just whatever within the college. Okay. So, um, the college had like a stand-up club. And oh, wow. a comedy club. Okay. Um, and then we have um, just, you know, like a college cafe where usually we're Well, that's great. So you were able to like do that all through college. Yeah, and it, and it is, I like, that better than doing clothes because everyone was you know your age everyone's supportive no one's gonna be like oh, right no one's gonna <laughs> right, right i right, mean right. i'm yeah. sure some but yeah. you know everyone because no, we're I, all students yeah know? and it's supportive and everybody's yeah. on the same level mm-hmm. basically yeah okay so when you graduated and then you you mm-hmm. came th- did you come back to new york after graduation so, um, live someplace else because what i really yeah. want to get to is how you got involved with the pit Okay. Yeah. Um, like so what? What led you? Because you do a lot of stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah. Pitt and UCB. I yeah, and before. UCB. Yeah. 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 Um. So I yeah I moved back to New York City for a little bit, but again I didn't want to live my parents. It was like the worst fear. Of, like okay. I knew the end. Are you supposed to live with your parents? Is it yes. like a stigma to live yes. alone? Oh my God! Sure. It's the same thing. Like Girls are supposed to live home until they get married, and yeah, if they exactly. don't get married till they're forty, they're still they're, supposed to live yeah, home. Exactly. And it's like, you no, no, parents. like I ran. Yeah, <laughs> I know that was 
Yeah. Well, I'm taking care of my parents now. So is my brother. But still, <laughs> right, yeah. you know, when you're like when 26 you're like, years yeah, old, like, no, no, I'm not living here. No, yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, I knew, like, because college was really good for me. Like, I, because I found my voice, I found my independence, like, and I valued my independence a lot. Um, just getting away. You're lucky they parents. let you go away. My father wouldn't mm-hmm. let me go. Yeah. He, well, I, I, I had to go like to college in New no York. Choice. I had to live at home. You're lucky. I like they had no because they weren't, like, really into involved in my college they were just letting me choose the college mm. i mean they wanted to be involved but i think they were just too busy at that yeah. time so i feel like they i didn't apply to any new york city so they didn't oh. so they yeah. were like i guess yeah. we have no choice you only yeah. <laughs> uh, you know new york city colleges there was it was like the east village in yeah. like the 80s so there was like a lot of wild things yeah. going on so yeah. you know there you go yeah yeah there yeah i applied to like you know nyu and like barnard at columbia but i didn't get it so yeah. i was like well can't, oh well can't go. oh well, <laughs> yeah. well. All right, so you um, so so you so you out of college, yeah. So and, and you're so, in your 20s, and yeah. So I was like, yeah, graduation of college. I was just like, I didn't know how to not live at home. I was just very scared about that point. Um, so I think I lived there for maybe the summer, and then I again lied <laughs> and said I had I got a full time job because they they were like career first. And, you know, education mm-hmm, and career mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. So I said I got a full time job um, in LA. So I moved to LA <laughs> right after college. Yeah. How long were you in LA? For about three years. Well, there was an LA program at Ithaca. So um, I spent a semester there during my senior year. So I already got a taste of LA. And I didn't really like LA at that time because um, compared to New York City, it was just and this different. was this was like in two thousand six. Uh, yeah, two thousand seven. Seven. Okay. I was in LA for senior okay. year. Okay. Um, but then a lot of my friends from college just moved there because everyone was like, yeah. um, you know, production, film, TV, and that's LA. Did you continue okay. to perform out in LA? Yeah. So I, so I think my first. Um, uh, club experience was in New York City actually like maybe during that summer was um, at the Gotham Comedy Club okay, yeah, and yeah. it was like just like a bringer show kind of but you know at that age when you're like when you just graduated college you could you have 15 friends right. you had 15 friends and, and, they, and, they're all, and they're all supportive and they're all old enough to drink yeah yeah exactly uh, but now you know like it's so yeah. hard to no, get a friend no. <laughs> because we're like grown ups now it's like yeah, why are you doing like, that yeah don't, don't do that to me <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I feel guilty inviting people now. But yeah. um, so then, yeah, when I was in LA, I got more involved with the UCB there. So I oh, did. Oh, so interesting. I just did, um, sketch and improv. Um, I still did my solo comedy stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I definitely did more stuff out in LA, and I did do some the clubs there. Like there was like Haha ha Comedy and the Comedy Store, but those were all just like bringer shows, and they were not. Like My doing Caroline's <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. When I was first starting out, I did I did a number of bringer shows at Caroline's, mm-hmm. and um, actually I had a better experience than some people because the person that I we always got that was like the host was mm-hmm. Eddie Brill. Mm-hmm. He used to be the yeah, booker on, yeah. on, on on Letterman, and um, he was he was really kind. And, 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 and generous and just, like, patient with mm-hmm. these newbies that were like, mm-hmm. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> No, he, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, then, yeah. and, you know, and, and that makes a difference because if mm-hmm. you have someone nasty, then you have right, a different experience. And yeah. then you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think the audience for those clubs are definitely not my audience because I, I was still doing my alternative 
um, comedy style. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understood what I was doing. So, I mean, sometimes it was good. Um, sometimes they're just, like, staring at me and just, like, confused. <laughs> so I, I knew that I was more of, like, a character kind of sketch person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, um, UCB audiences would be better for me because they're, they're more expectation of um, characters yes. and sketch and yes. weird things. Yeah, so that was they like weird. Yeah. So when you came back to New York, did mm-hmm. you did you continue to work with them? Yeah. So I yeah I still um, did all the UCB stuff and then Pit after that. Um, so just more in like sketch characters, um, but I was still yeah just doing solo kind of um, things, um, and then yeah and then I didn't more I actually did more, yeah I started Mortified in New York for one show. You and did. Then, and then I did it in L.A. for because okay. um, the founders of Mortified are Ithaca alumni. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you know them there? No, we, they're they're, we they're a little older. No, actually, I think they're closer yeah. to my age than yours, but they're actually in between you and me. Maybe, yeah, that's yeah, what I think. I think, so. I think yeah. they're in between. <laughs> but yeah, so, that was a good connection to have for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. So what what got you into storytelling? Because that's how right. we met. Do you remember mm. how we met? Because I do not remember how we met. All I knew was that all I, all, all, all I know is that like I, I I would book we would work together yeah. and I would book you for stuff when I was doing stuff with Bridget and the Five yeah. Borough Story Project yeah. we've worked together a number of yeah. times but how so the, like the first time how the, <laughs> if, how the f <laughs> oh actually I can curse it's not FCC how the f did we meet yeah I don't know I'm gonna say like five or six years ago because it seems like a while yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah I don't know like what. Was the first show we did? Was it a storytelling <laughs> thing? I mean, how did you get into storytelling? So I think Mortify definitely. Helped. Mortify, okay. Um, and then and then I did take a storytelling class with Margot Lightman. Oh my gosh, she's UCB. amazing. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. She's one of the best ever. Margot, <laughs> so many people shout you out, Margot. I gotta keep track and make a list. You gotta send them thank you cards. Yeah, yeah, because she she's also a crochet a crochet a pot holder. <laughs> She's gonna hit me. <laughs> she, she's an Ithaca person too. She and, is. Yeah, and I remember um, sh- uh, maybe sophomore or junior year, she and um, Julia Razzi yes. were like friends. Strip stories. Yeah, they used to do that yeah, at UCB. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So they went to my college, Ithaca, um, to do like an alumni comedy show, and then um, they were asking around who's a female comedian. Oh. Um, and then I think my drama teacher recommended me. Um, so I opened for them for like an alumni show in it, at Ithaca College, and that's how I met them. Wow. And I think they were the ones who, who told me about Mortified. I think Julia was the one who told me about Mortified. That's actually. an interesting yeah. connection. <laughs> yeah. I, I love knowing how people met, yeah. but we, but we don't know crazy. how we met. But, yeah. I, but, we, but they're, sure they're, they're more important. <laughs> no. no. Um, so yeah, after and then Mortify, and then yeah, I took her class, and then I was listening to, and then this, I think I feel like this time was when podcasts were mm-hmm. really popular. So I listened to a lot of This American Life and um, Moth and yeah. Risk and yeah, all Risk. Podcasts. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I did, I did take another class. You've with been Kevin. on Risk though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I took a class with Kevin Allison, yeah. and then and then yeah, I was, and then I was, and yeah, I think. 
yeah, it just it it made sense to do storytelling because that is also not stand up. Right, it's also not stand up, <laughs> and you can be funny, yeah. and you can be a character, yeah, and yourself, you and you can, can be it. yourself. <laughs> it, it's like it's like friggin' ideal. Storytelling yeah. is like the best. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? I'm still. I feel like I'm still a little inse- like compared to you. I feel like I'm still insecure. <laughs> Why? No, everybody, you don't be insecure. You're, I think you're fantastic. Well, I think it is. I mean, I sh- I know I shouldn't think this, but I feel like I. You know, there's, I'm still not experiencing certain things that could tell a full story. You know. <laughs> well, know you know what? You if you when when you live long enough, these right. things will happen. Yeah. So, I do feel like. Yeah. So just like tell the stories about things that are happening to right, you now. Yeah. yeah. Things you know? that I could like reflect on because yeah. I yeah I, I don't yeah. want to tell a story. Like I feel like college is still too fresh, even though it's like what 10, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah. It still seems like oh, college was still. So I, I don't really tell college It's more like childhood stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to me, that's more interesting because, like, I've been at the moth and then somebody gets up and they start telling a story about their fraternity or their sorority. Right, right, right. And, like, right away, I, like, roll my eyes. Yeah. I just, like, roll. And, you yeah. know, and I don't know if it's because, like, I have my working class bias <laughs> against that or, right. or, 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 like, you know, like, a city against, like, mm-hmm. uh, that type of culture. Mm-hmm. And if it's a buy, but th- then again, there are, I, I mean, Selena Coppock, who I love, mm-hmm. she'll talk about being in a sorority all the time. And I love her. So, yeah, you know, it I, is I, also a personality. Yeah, it, 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 you know, I think it depends on where the person comes from. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, whatever whatever the subject is, it, like mm-hmm. whatever the, the personality, mm-hmm. it's like context and where you're coming mm-hmm. from. And yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a combination because. Yeah, maybe college too. Like it seems like a privileged thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I always hate um, hearing people talking about if they're like if they're more of a rich background. Right, like a privileged thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but then yeah. there's no really less. They're just talking about. But you, you know. but you, but, but I think someone could come from privilege and 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 be like like not like. Having yeah. like a condescending attitude right. or making it seem like they're exalting themselves yeah. in the same way that someone could be from a working class mm-hmm. background and not be like, well, poor me, you owe me, yeah. you owe me, you owe me something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just like it's like balance yeah. and, and, and just being aware. and Yeah, yeah, self-aware. And then also like knowing that and, you, there's a change yeah, that you, yeah. you're reflecting and, and, and on. Knowing what, and knowing what's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, sure. you can't, you know, you, I, I believe that you can teach timing. Mm-hmm. I believe that you can teach structure, mm-hmm. but I do not believe you can teach funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I believe you can teach vocabulary. Right. <laughs> but I don't think you can teach funny. Yeah, yeah. So and, that, that, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, and and I think you can't teach like how to connect with people. Like, Correct. You everyone has their own way of connecting right. with people, but right. that is the key in storytelling. Like yes. you know how you're not telling a story to yourself; you're telling it to an audience. And <laughs> and you're making your experience relatable mm-hmm. in a way that is universal. Right. Yes, so even exactly. if it, if your story happened to a Chinese girl who grew up in um, Howard Beach, Queens. Right and went to school upstate, mm-hmm. it's instantly relatable to like everybody because yeah. human experience is right. was the thing that connects us. <laughs> right. So yeah. like I'm like later for those little like little boxes that you try to put all these age groups and like demographics <laughs> into because we're just like humans. Yeah, yeah. And that leads me to like I heard you ha- a little birdie told me you have a story for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um you want to give a little background okay. on it? Do you want to just get in it? Um let's see how should I I'll just get into it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Angel Yell, telling a story. So, 
when I was little, and this is a story I feel like is a common theme throughout my life. Um, so when I was little, I was very shy, quiet, um, and mostly because I was still grasping onto English language. <laughs> so just um, speaking to someone in English with confidence was hard. Um, listening to figuring out what they're saying was hard. Um, but one of the things I liked as when I was little was just being in a center of attention without asking for it. Like I like um, the teacher would say, hey, Angel, you're special. And without me asking for, oh, am I special? <laughs> um, so I remember there was one time, um, this was first grade, so I was around six years old, and we always had like special guests coming in to um, visit the classroom. And this time, um, our teacher said there was like a Native American woman visiting. Um, so she had like, you know, like feathers, and she had these long costumes on, and she definitely smelled like smoke in a damp attic. So, <laughs> so I knew it was like a real Native American woman. Um, and one of the activities she had was um, she had little pieces of papers with Native American names on it, like sitting Red Bull or uh, crazy wolf eyes or whatever. Um, and she told everyone um, to take out a paper um, from her hat where she put all these names on. And she said that this name that you picked out is the name that you were meant to be, and she'll explain what the name means. So I was very excited, because that means you know this adult woman, who I probably connect more to than my peers, would tell me that I was special, I was cool, I was smart, you know, everything I wanted to hear. So I was excited for her to tell me that. So I have the paper, and um, it said Howling Wolf. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that means. Um, so she went around the room, and she told Michael what his meant, and she, he, she told what Tom what his meant. And then she was about to get up to me, um, and then the phone rang, and so, you know, there was distraction, and she had to, the teacher had to answer the phone, and there was just like a big humanist pause. And then when that was over, she went, she skipped me, and she went straight to another person. And I was devastated, and I, I you know, I was a kid, and I was shy, so I wasn't like, oh, you forgot about me. And I'm guessing none of the other kids noticed even that they skipped me. They just wanted to hear what you know their name meant. And I just felt like, oh, now I don't know what I mean. Like this was the one moment that this adult magical person can tell me who I am, what I am, but now I don't know. And it seemed like it just always seemed like a theme where I get always skipped or um, I want something so bad and then something little happens and it doesn't happen but I'm too afraid to, to fix it or to get it back um, and so throughout my life I felt like I want to stand out I want to be special but I don't want to ask for it because that's not who I am I'm not like a loud person I'm not um, you know desperately seeking for attention even though I am inside 
So I think as I'm older now, I could see, and this is still hard for me to do, but, you know, as, you know, I was growing older, I, I would sometimes be purposely the only Asian person in a group of friends, so that's how I would stand out, because then I'll be like, oh, the Asian person. Or if I'm a, in a group of loud person, I'll be like the only quiet person. Or if I'm a group of boys, like I would have a lot of guy friends and I'm the only girl, that's how I would stand out. So that's how I would stand out without asking for it. Um, but now I learned that you know everyone's different, everyone's special. I can be in a group of all Asian girls and stand out because I'm different. Or a group of all quiet people and shy people, but I'm different and I stand out. And that's what I'm, you know, aiming to be, and that's how I hopefully I'll find like happiness within my individuality. <laughs> wow! Did you tell that at risk? Was that your risk no, story? No, it wasn't. Oh my God, sh <laughs> Kevin! Listen, it should have been. Oh my God, Angel Yell, you are a true fish out of agua. <laughs> you are a fish out of agua. Give me another tap. Woo. So tell us where we can see your fabulousness mm -hmm. next this mm -hmm. summer. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Coming up. Um, so, uh, so I host a monthly show called VHS Presents, mm -hmm. um, and it's usually the fourth Saturday um, every month in at Videology. Um, and explain where Videology is. Um, it's in Williamsburg, and um, so <laughs> it's in Williamsburg. Um, the next date, I believe, is July 19th on a Saturday. It's the fourth Saturday of the month. And it's a show where um, people uh, show their home videos. So you see a lot of my childhood videos and tell the story behind it. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, um, fan page, VHS Presents. So if you go there, all the dates will be there. Um, VHS Presents is also within StoryFest. Woo! StoryFest at the pit. Harmon Leon. Is so saying that. I believe that's um, going to be the day after our regular uh, VHS Presents. So July 19th, I want to say. Somewhere in mid-July. Yeah, mid-July. Um, so you, yeah. you can go on Facebook. <laughs> you can find her on Twitter. You have a website, Angel? Uh, yeah, it's angelyow.com, but it's not Oh, well, I, I, I guess that's going to, I guess you have three weeks to get it updated. Yeah. Or, um, I do have a fan page on okay. Facebook. Okay, fan page, so. Angel Yao. Angel Yao. A-N-G-E-L-Y-A-U. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the Thanks show. Thanks for having me. Um, so if you have, if, if somebody is young, here's the, I, I'd like to ask this to a lot of people, mm -hmm. and I haven't done it lately. Mm -hmm. if, if there's somebody young out there that, like, wants to be an artist, they want to be a performer, they want to tell stories, they want to write, they want to do, they want to make movies, what's the one piece of advice that you mm -hmm. would tell them? I would say that don't be afraid that um, this career seems selfish, because I think that's a lot of, like when I do, when I say I'm an artist or do comedy, I'm like, oh, that's not a career that can change someone's life. You know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I feel like it does like it sa it does save lives because you're um, being an artist. It's your responsibility to connect with people and make sure that they don't feel alone. Because when someone feels alone, that's always very sad. But if they could connect with one person and and that's with your story, then you might save someone's life. Angel, I think you were named well. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you for being on the show. Thank you.
We're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. That song you just heard was um, Nina Nina Girachi called Pure Luck featuring Freya Starr. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's uh, a song from now, from 2017. It's a dance electronic song. It's really nice. And I like that it's pure luck because sometimes that's how we get to where we are. Pure luck, right? And that's our show. 
So if you like what you've heard today on Radio Free Brooklyn, Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo, you can sponsor us. Did you know that? Yeah, it's so easy. All you have to do is go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.com homepage and look for the Donate tab. You can sponsor this show or any other of the fine shows we have on Radio Free Brooklyn for as little as $1 per episode. I have been trying to list things that cost a dollar, and I'm just about running out. Maybe you can get like a can of Bud for a dollar. Like one of those little seven ounce ones. I don't know. So we're going to close with a song that is also on that summer theme. It's by a band called Beach House. It's also picked by Angel, as was the other song you just heard. And it's called Lazuli by Beach House from their Bloom album in 2012. And we'll see you next week. Brooklyn Band stands on next. Bye. Woohoo. Summer.